Hey there, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles. Appreciate the fact that you guys have stomached Keith and I for as long as you have. We enjoy bringing the show your way and appreciate your patronage. Want to remind you, by the way, that the season ticket renewal deadline is rapidly approaching. It's in mid-April, April 15th. If you haven't renewed your season tickets for football, go ahead and do so for the 2022 season. A lot to like based on what we've seen so far at spring practice. For all the information, go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets. Uh, that's if you're going to renew. Or if you want to get tickets for the first time, you can get a reserve seat for all home games. Uh, they range in price from 330 bucks to 800 bucks uh, all in, depending on the seat location. Again, Seminoles.com backslash tickets to answer those questions as we count it down to the 2022 campaign. That said, let's count it down to the start of Front Row Knowles, which is right now. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. KJ. At long last, they have rolled the footballs out. They have yet to put the pads on, but practice officially kicks off today. Have you ever thought, did you ever think, I guess it would be the right way of saying it, that you would be starting college football fall camp in July? Times, they haven't changed. Florida State's football season obviously starts earlier than normal, pre-Labor Day week zero so thus FSU gets to get out there a little bit early I'm excited though Keith not just because we can actually talk about on-field happenings but because I think there's reason to be excited and optimistic about what this season's going to hold for FSU well we've talked for years and, and our listeners who've been around college football for a long time recognize that you know over the the uh, at the end of spring practice, we get into June and July. We're all undefeated. We're all going to play for the national championship. Optimism is off the charts. But I agree with you. I think uh, if you put the normal optimism, uh, which many times is unrealistic, but if you set that to the side, I think there's legitimate reason to be optimistic about this 2022 group. And I'm excited to see what they do. I think the schedule sets up nicely. We've talked about that. Uh, I think you're finally getting, um, you know, into the third year of, you know, quote unquote, the Norvell system. Uh, I'm excited to see, particularly on the offensive side, what Alex and, and, and his group can do with a new coordinator. And of course, Randy uh, Shannon joining uh, Adam on the defensive side. So yes, I think there's some normal, unrealistic optimism but i think there's some actual um will be realized optimism to go along with it to your point there about the optimism i feel like we've overcorrected here in light of the last few years the glass is never half full it's always half empty and we put that we bake that into our preseason expectations i think we can course correct a little bit more to the middle now instead of instead of going the other way you know what i'm saying I, I'm reminded of uh, the age-old saying that, uh, our, again, our listeners will know where it came from, but it's easier to say whoa than giddy up. And, and so we'll, we'll just try to say giddy up instead of whoa on that uh, half-empty side. 
of all the things Jimbo left behind, that expression may be the thing that gets brought up the most, right? <laughs> <laughs> you said or, it, not me. <laughs> Mike Norvell met with the media yesterday and uh, Bob Ferrante was on hand. I, I did not, uh, I, I was not able to attend. I had a work conflict, um, but Bob will report on that. And we'll, we'll go over kind of the burning uh, questions, the key questions we want to see answered or that will be asked during camp. He also had a chance to catch up with Odell Higgins Keith Odell's one of the, uh, well, he's, he's the old guy around the building, right? Kind of like us. He's the fixture here. The uh, connectivity to the, uh, to the dynasty days. Oh, and, yeah. uh, he's been damn good too. Uh, so it's always good to hear from Odell. The thing about it, I guess we should fact check this, but, and you fixed, you were close to saying it, but I'll be the one to say it. He is the longest tenured assistant coach in Division One college football, by my count and by my understanding. Uh, if not, we're going to give it to him. Uh, he reminds me, if Odell hears this, if Odell's family hears this, they're going to just reach out and shoot me or kick me in the shin. But uh, one of my favorite dogs, um, I'll, I'll not even tell you the name, but started getting those white whiskers around the muzzle, you know, <laughs> as they got a little older. And if you look at Odell now with that beard, he's got that white on that beard. And that, I'm not saying that makes him look old, but I am saying it makes him look distinguished and you pay attention to what he has to say. Hagen's family, that was the comments of Keith Jones here on Front Row Knowles. <laughs> Our Osceola insider, Bob Ferrante, will join us next and we'll dive right into fall camp. Stay with us here as we're just getting started on Front Row Knowles. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Hey folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And we're celebrating the 4th of July all month long. So whether it's red, white, or blue, we've got the right one for you. With new vehicles arriving daily, we have a great selection to choose from. Like this 2022 High Country with a 6.2 liter V8, this 2022 Buick Enclave Avenir fully loaded, or the new body style Chevy RST. And the best selection of premium vehicles in North Florida and South Georgia. Buy your new or used vehicle, the Hobson one. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, time to dive into the football talk and open up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. And say hello to Bob Ferrante, who has long been on the Florida State beat. And as that with that as the backdrop, Bob, you've been here through through thick and thin. Uh, you also were at ACC kickoff last week. Yesterday, when Mike Norvell met the media, you were there. What's your what's your thoughts? Can you assess how the season's going to go based on the demeanor of Coach Norvell? Yeah, I, I think the demeanor is positive and confident, and exuding that of a year three head coach who feels better about a lot of the overall aspects of the program. You know. Um, maturity among among the roster leaders, the way the transfer portals kind of help shape your team. 
continuity of the coaching staff. You know, they, they did have three assistant coaches leave, but you're filling those spots with three familiar faces. Um, that was a big thing, you know, that, that Norvell mentioned when I asked him about that up in Charlotte at the kickoff event was, you know, why do you feel better going into year three? Strength and conditioning has been established through multiple off seasons now. He really leaned in on the coaching change, the coordinator change, and a lot of these players had been through these past few years through, you know, Coach Fisher and Coach Taggart, and, and now, you know, into his era. But he also felt like there's enough continuity. There's, you know, good leadership, good familiarity, those younger guys who were sort of getting that experience early in their careers. They're now prepared to, you know, be productive veterans, be leaders, and show the younger guys the way. And, and that's what you want ultimately is a player-led program, a player-led team. So I, I fully expect this will feel more like a year three program, much more established than, than what we've seen in past years. Guys, I'm going to make an observation that is totally off the wall. That will come as no shock to my uh, co-hosts and our guests uh, and probably not to our listeners. But you know the biggest change I noticed in the ACC meetings up in Charlotte and yesterday during Coach Norvell's uh, comments to the Florida State media, he's talking slower. And if you'll remember, when Jimbo first became the head coach, he would rattle off answers, and then as he got comfortable into it and got felt, feeling better about his program, he slowed down a little bit. I'm not saying anything other than that's my observation. Uh, your thoughts, Bob? Yeah, if you're reading the tea leaves and, and, and you are there, I, I think there's something to it that there's a, a confidence in what he has in the roster. There's an understanding of what the capabilities are this, of this team. I think he said at Charlotte, you know, I don't want to put a limit on, on where these guys can go. And certainly a lot of that will revolve around injuries and, and your capabilities of keeping guys, you know, quote unquote, healthy. There's, there's no healthy once you get into week two, obviously. Um, he's, he's really articulate and really good at providing in-depth answers, Coach Norvell, about players, position groups, the growth of guys. He's seen that growth firsthand, and, and he can see that in, in their football knowledge, in their expertise, maturity. There's a lot of intangibles that I think Coach Norvell feels really good about when, when you go into a camp, and, and you've Obviously got one extra week to prepare for, for LSU. So that can't hurt either when you're, you're kind of looking at the big picture of where this team is going in camp. Keith, as for Jimbo, I saw media complaining about how fast he talks after last week's SEC media day. So he's, uh, if he slowed down for a little while in 13 and 14, he's, he's accelerated again in case you're wondering. Well, if my theory is correct, then Texas A&M, he's not real sure about right now. Uh, I'm sure he'll turn it around, but he's just not sure about it right now. Let's let's play a little game here, and uh, as we look at it, we can, we'll start on the offense. But if you factor in either newcomers, transfers, what Florida State's returning, from a segment point of view, segment group point of view, uh, better, worse, or the same? Quarterbacks, Bob. Oh boy, better. Not in terms of numbers, but better in terms of experience for Jordan Travis. Okay. O offensive line. Better quality, quantity experience. Receiving core. Better because of the transfers. Running backs. I thought this was not going to be a positive, but Trey Benson makes it a positive. 
So you say better. Better, yeah. Tight end. I, I hate to be the guy that goes push. I, I, I haven't seen enough of a step forward from that group, honestly, but it could be a positive. You answered exactly the same way I would have. Uh, with with running back, you could argue is maybe a push for now, given what you lost. But but there seems to be such excitement about Trey Benson. Maybe that will be one. But but the point there is we don't think they've regressed in any segment group, and we think they're a lot better in most of them offensively. That's a reason to be excited as we get into camp, is it not? Yeah, I think my biggest question going into camp is just still that receiver group. Need to see quality of the depth. The consistency has to develop. Um who, who's dependable? If you ask yourself literally right now going to camp, who do you feel is dependable at the receiver group? You can go, say, Micah Pittman, Malik McLean. You have to like, you know, what he showed in year one. There have been moments from a lot of other guys in the roster, but consistently dependable is is kind of a, a question mark right now. So you have to go from let's let's see those candidates truly develop into guys that you can truly count on, you know, week out, week in, week out. My two cents, guys, is we'll, we will be better at quarterback unless Travis goes down. And, and when I mean go down, I mean we lose him for the year. You're, you're going to miss some snaps with him, at least based on the track record. The thing that is really the big question for me is, is the depth enough so that if you snap the ball 80 times on offense, you know, if your starters are out there 60 times, you're better. But in those other 20 snaps, is there enough of a fall off that that can hurt you? I.e., what's the overall depth? If, if I've kind of made that, said well, that eloquently enough. You're right about the quarterback, but that would be true just about oh, everywhere No question. Nowadays. That's an obvious. That's an obvious. If I'm Devin Leary young. goes down, I don't know what NC State's got. Right, you know, you can right, play that game right. everywhere. I do think Norvell mentioned that he feels – pretty confident they're going to have nine or I think he said nine or ten guys they can count on on the offensive line I see Bob shaking his head that's I mean we've had a few years here Bob of the, you, know, you start five but how many would you really answer truthfully you're, you're counting on three or four <laughs> and if one of those goes down your your musical chairs trying to make the the five function right one, one being out makes three people play in different positions yeah, the, the depth just to have 19 bodies, I think is 19 scholarship guys. They I think they had 14 last year. I mean, that, that's incredible. And and there's gonna be guys who are disappointed on the offensive line because they feel like they should be starting. But in the end, I, I think Alex Atkins is gonna find the best five and then the best backups, and he's gonna cross train. But it we're not gonna see an example where say Darius Washington has to play, you know, tackle guard and center potentially just because of one injury that upsets everything. You, you've just got depth at all of those three OL positions. I know you guys can see my screen here. I was looking this up to, to see if I had this right. So talking about the receiving core, and I'm wondering where Pokey Wilson fits in now that he's not going to be counted on to be a number one, potentially. He He's a holdover from the Charles Kelly era when Charles Kelly found he and Tamari and Terry at the same high school. And, and I'm looking, uh, Pokey committed to FSU on January 12th of 2017 which is plus or minus 15 days after Florida State beat Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Think about how long ago that feels. <laughs> so he commits to FSU with Florida State as the current Orange Bowl champs. He's been through the last year of Jimbo, both years of Willie, and now year three of Norvell. I, I, I mean, I'm pulling for him, and I just wonder if he – I'm not saying he's going to be the top receiver. I'm saying that 
he might be a little bit of an unsung guy because he's not counted on to be the top guy. I think he's best suited as a complimentary piece. It's sort of like in baseball, a guy may not be the best three or four hitter, and he might put pressure on himself if you put him three or four in the lineup. But if he knows, I've just got to be that complimentary role guy. I don't have to be a receiver that I'm truly not athletically or, or whatnot. Just be the Pokey Wilson that you are. And, and I think they have a lot of good complimentary receivers. Now you add in a Micah Pittman who can be a number one receiver type. You bring in a Johnny Wilson who may not have that game, say, between the 20s consistently catching the ball. But I want to see six, seven lined up against a, you know, a shorter corner, say maybe in the slot where there's a jump ball or kind of a basketball pass down low in, into Wilson, where you're going to pick up some yards. You're going to potentially pick up a couple of cheap touchdowns just because you've got that frame and you've got that want to get the ball. I think it's just understanding and feeling comfortable in roles. And that's where, yes, a guy like Ontario Pokey can really, really excel. Don't underestimate. Wilson's intangibles and the impact he has in that receiver room. Don't ever underestimate that. Our wise sensei, Keith Jones, ladies and gentlemen, on front row Knowles. All right, Bob, let's go to the defense real quick, and we'll hear from Odell Higgins next segment. Uh, I'm going to start at the back. We'll play the same game, though. Better, same, worse. Uh, safeties. Better. Corners. Yeah, that's a tough one. I think over the long haul, better. Linebacking core. I think with Tatum Bethune, better. D tackles. The guys are all coming back better. D end. And, and that's the big question for this whole defense. It's it's definitely not better, but you have guys you feel like can can be developed into something that they can develop a pass rush. And that's why I asked it in that order, obviously, because that is the question: is D end with Jermaine Johnson gone? What what do you think about? I mean, Florida State brought in a highly sought kid that had offers from all over. Uh, Briggs is back, and there seems to be a lot of uh, optimism about what he can bring. What do you think is realistic there? I think what's realistic is you'll get some pressure off the edge, but you might have to utilize, you know, some safety blitzes. Uh, I think we saw Akeem Dent do a little bit of that at times last year. You have to push the pocket from the middle with, with Fabian Love and Robert Cooper. I, I've tried to set, you know, realistic expectations for Jared Verse. You're coming from the FCS level, um, truly two broken up seasons, you know, a spring season, a fall season up at Albany. You're not Jermaine Johnson with, with two years of SEC experience, and you're not Keir Thomas with multiple years at, at South Carolina. But if you can just be the best version of, of a Jared Verse, if you can be impactful, use your athleticism, um, I, I do think sack is a little bit of an overrated stat in the big picture. Pressure the passer, affect him, make him throw the ball a little bit earlier, changes his arm angle, things like that. Um, make him make a bad play. That's some of those things that I think Jared Verse can really do. And then, you know, the, the, the patience of the staff in the long game should be, should be praised. You know, Derek McClendon, a fourth-year guy. Dennis Briggs, a fifth-year guy. Um, that's what you want to see. You know, good programs will be patient in developing these guys, figuring out how best to use them. Briggs has been on the inside and the outside. Um, you know, now you're kind of looking 
to these guys, not, not as shoes to fill, not as fill Jermaine Johnson's shoes, but just go out there and give the best snaps that you have within the, the pass rush rotation. And then, you know, run off the field and let somebody else jump in right, right behind you. It's arguable that with Keir and Jermaine, you were able to generate pressure and or sacks because of talent. When you have a defense that's maturing, you can generate pressure and sacks schematically because you trust people on the backside to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I think overall, Florida State will be successful in getting those pressures. I'm with you, Bob. The sack total is great. Um, you know, we talk about it a lot, but in today's game, just making that quicker decision, making that quarterback get the ball out sooner than he wants to has as much importance as bringing him down. This may just be failure to remember, Bob, but when the watch lists come out and they've been emailed out this week for who's on the list for the Thorpe Award and for the Butkus, and bear in mind for our listeners' sake, they put about 100 names on those lists, right? But when I saw that FSU had a guy on the Butkus watch list and on the Thorpe watch list, I thought it feels like it's been a little while since that's been the case. But am I wrong on that? I mean, Tatum Bethune's on there for Butkus and Jamie Robinson's on there for Thorpe. And I thought, well, that's that's progress. <laughs> yeah, and they're on multiple watch lists too, which which is good to see. I, I think there's there's a feeling that Tatum Bethune could be, I think in my eyes, more impactful than a Jared Verse. And in Jamie Robinson's case, he could be that eraser, that kind of hybrid nickel safety type over the middle who can make a lot of bad plays go away and that those are some positive things as you look forward to camp he is our osceola insider bob ferrante as florida state kicks off spring practice today we'll continue this conversation right after this on front row knolls getting the kids to practice on time remembering if it's your day to bring snacks making it to the game with a clean jersey why are simple things sometimes so complicated thankfully with auto owners insurance doesn't have to be one of them Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owners agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Our Osceola insider, Bob Franti, kind enough to stay with us another segment. It is football. This is what you're paid to do, right, Bob? So uh, practice starts today, and uh, you you were at the, the press conference yesterday with Coach Mike Norvell, and we talked, Keith and I did, about Odell Hagan's at the top of the broadcast, and we'll hear your interview with Odell in just a little bit. But, uh, man, he's a fixture. He, he's a throwback that, uh, as Keith pointed out, the longest tenured assistant in D1, and uh, he's been the one constant. And, and lo and behold, and I didn't ask you this, but I think this is probably your answer. If you pick the position group that is the best segment group in terms of depth and talent right now, you'd probably say it's his defensive tackle group. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that because of that consistency of, of coaching, he's recruited these guys. He's been able to um, understand them and meet them as recruits and their families, watch them mature on and off the field. I think they know that he develops guys for the NFL. His track record is, is obviously well known. And, you know, why did guys come back? Um, you know, Odell knows that these guys have NFL aspirations, but I, I think Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett are smart enough to know that they just weren't ready yet to make that NFL jump and that it's in their best interest to develop under Coach Hagens for one more year and, and really to be leaders up front and, and to make this defensive line really function quite well, uh, attack the quarterback and, and kind of stuff the run game. Um, that's what we think could be the strength of, of this defense, honestly, up the middle with, with those two guys. And one of the things Odell will tell you guys, all you got to do is ask him, is he benefited from having played for one Mickey Andrews because he learned you work them hard, you love them off the field, and you love them in your heart. And these kids know that Odell cares about them. He's not out there for his glory. He's out there to make them better. We'll hear the comments from Odell in a minute. But, Bob, quick thought on on Robert Cooper. You know, last week, Fabian Lovett was at ACC kickoff. But Norvell took time to really single out Cooper as being a guy who's had a great offseason when he, when he met the media yesterday. I, your, your impressions there? I, I just remember looking back at the long view with Robert that he was a guy who arrived at almost 400 pounds and, and felt like he could play at any weight, that he could keep up and be conditioned for whatever was going to come at him between the offense and the, the humidity. And it, he wasn't ready. He just he flat out wasn't. And he's gradually just worked hard, put himself in the best shape honestly, of his life to be in this position to, to really have a, a good season. And, and his personality is awesome. So I, I think he's, he's got that personality, the work ethic. He's being a good leader, too. And those are the kind of things that, that Odell wants to see from his guys. Here now is that interview, Bob Frante and uh, Odell Higgins. This was yesterday when the coaches uh, met the media. Coach Norvell mentioned Robert Cooper and the, the efforts he's made in the offseason as far as you know, strength and conditioning. What have you kind of seen from Robert just going into what might be his final year here? Um, I've seen dedication from Cooper. Cooper's worked hard. He don't say much. He just go out and work. He put in the work every day. And seeing a young man like that, always to see him going out there having a great season. What I mean, a great season being dominant with his technique, doing things, running to the ball, man, 335 pounds, running to the ball like he's been doing in out of um, summer workouts. But Cooper has been very consistent and dedicated to what he, what he's, his goal he wants to be. How is Fabian, he seems like he's made incremental growth, progress really throughout his now third year here. How, how is Fabian evolved into an impactful guy up front? Yeah, Fabian has worked at it. That's the thing. Coming to Florida State, he was unsure of leaving home. He, he has worked at it. Fabian has trusted us as coaches coming here, just giving himself up and started working. Not talking about it, he worked it. He worked hard. That's the thing. Fabian has grown maturity level and everything. Was there a moment where maybe they were coming to you and saying, I've got a tough decision to make whether I come back or, or try the NFL? Did, did, did you give any good advice to them? Or how pleased are you, too, that they made this decision to come back, too? Very pleased. Not one time I went to them and told them, you need to do this to do that. They came to me and said, Coach, we want to get this. We have one time to do this. We want to get the most out of our career we possibly could. I said, OK, coming back. You work. 
we're going to work even harder. I'm going to push even harder. But the guys, man, it, it's, it's, a, it's great for our staff and things, but those two young men right there, man, they're, they're just great kids. They like to work. They go about their business doing what they're supposed to do. They have different personalities, but they seem to like to be veterans and be leaders in different ways. How have you kind of seen that evolve where they're kind of helping the other guys, the younger guys in the room too? Coop is more of a doer. And if he sees something, he'll pull a guy aside and say, hey, do it this way. I've seen him the last year or so, uh, two years, pulling young young guys aside and say, hey, this is what he expect. This is how we do it here at Florida State. And Fabian Moore is a vocal. You know, they're different personalities. And Coop, you'll never know he's in the room sometimes, that big old smile, a jolly smile that he have. And Fabian, you know, he's more of a vocal guy. You, you guys have, I think, enjoyed playing the, the long game as far as development with a guy like, say, Malcolm Ray. You know, Jarrett Jackson is stepping up too. How, how, how is that patience for you as a coach, for them as a player, potentially going to pay off for them? I mean, as a coach, that, that's one thing I always try to, uh, you know, like about myself first time I say that. You develop kids. Every kid's not going to come in to be a, be a great player. you got to develop defense alignment. People come in and say, well, he should play his first year. Yeah, you want to play their first year, but it's a different guy. It's a grown man game. You look at a guy, he got his hands in the dirt. He got 620 pounds away from him, six inches away. you got to develop him. And those guys have grown into their bodies. And thanks, i say it again, we got one of the best weightlifting coaches in America, Joseph and his group, and they've done a great job. An outstanding job developing them guys, losing weight, gaining weight, getting stronger, contributing to him. How can that that culture, family, leadership, how can things grow over the offseason through strength and conditioning? I mean, you've seen as a player, as a coach, but how can that take shape, especially with what Norvell wants to, to put out there in year three? One thing about it, the word he always say, climb. Get 1% better. And as coaches, you telling the kids that. We, I tell them, you can't, Rome wasn't built overnight. You got to get better every day at something. If you don't get better that day, the next day, you better push yourself to get better. Keep climbing. Don't stop climbing. Nothing can stop you. And once you get there, you still got to work. Put in the work harder. Sometimes when you get there, you got to work so hard just to get an inch better. You got to keep climbing. You got to put in the work, get 1% better. Never falter. Don't worry about other people. You keep working. It seems like Josh Farmer is an example of that. He's added weight. I know you're coaching him hard. You're pushing him. <laughs> um, listening, learning? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. I I'm proud of Josh. Josh came in last year, 265, 75 pounds. He thought he should have been playing. He saw, well, Coach, man, this is different. And Josh has let me push him hard. And me as a coach, I'm going to love you off the field, but on the field, I'm going to push you. I'm going to coach you hard. And showing you the way you need to be playing at Florida State University. Yeah. You have so many guys in that position group. I maybe can't ask about all of them, but who are a couple of guys who you're kind of excited to see what that growth and strength and conditioning, how that might transfer onto the field? I'm excited to see all of them. Yeah. Because you don't stay the same. I'm excited to see uh, Coop. I'm excited to see Fabian. I'm excited to see Josh. Um, I'm excited to see see uh, uh, Malcolm Ray, Jared Jackson. I'm excited to see all of them. How does, I hate the term shoes to fill, people in the media like to use it. With a guy like Jermaine Johnson, nobody can fill those shoes truly. How do you best help the edge rushers through what you guys do on the inside? It's a complimentary 
experience that you're trying to build together. How, how can it? How can you guys all work together? To we always work yeah. together. Last year we pushed the pocket, so the quarterback flush out. Jermaine and Pop come off the edge. Quarterback step up. That's one unit. They work together. You know, some people saying you fill shoes. No, the next man up. We got to keep keep working. Jermaine and uh, Pop was darn good football players. So the next man up. That's how it is at Florida State. The next man up. You got to do your job. You got to create your identity. So camp starts Wednesday, literally tomorrow. It's a really early start. Why is it good for you as an assistant coach to be out there? You have an extra week to prepare for the season. Uh, well, you want to get out the kinks and things and get the kids out there in the heat and get them coaching and doing things that it takes to win, the little things. A lot of people talking about making this sack, making that play. Hey, what kind of stance you going to get in? Where are your eyes going to come off the football? Where are your hand placing? Working on the little things. Little things become big things in playing football. Bob, that's probably the uh, 4,900th time you've interviewed Odell in your time covering the program. But no, he, uh, going back to the obvious point, he has been uh, con the, the, the one constant. And uh, for me, when you look at all the guys that he's put into the league, to know that he's still doing it at that level, it's, it's, it's impressive. I mean, because there's been a lot of guys, a lot of different generations over the years that have thrived under Odell, not just at FSU, but at the next level too. Yeah, I mean, there's there's almost so many to, to name. You feel like you're going to leave a bunch out. But, I mean, Darnell Dockett and Eddie Goldman, Timmy Jernigan, Derek Nottie. I mean, he just has consistently recruited well. Um, he's very much viewed as a father figure and and not just a coach. He You have to praise him for not being the nomad that a lot of assistant coaches have been, uh, you know, chasing maybe better salary, maybe better prestige maybe a defensive coordinator job. Odell loves being the defensive tackles coach. He loves having a say in the meeting rooms. I think he's really enjoyed being the interim head coach at times when, frankly, the university and the program really needed Odell's stability. But truly what he's great at is just how he connects with young men, kind of takes them through those teenage years and, and walks them through, yes, a lot on the football field, but a lot of it off. Just mentoring, helping them mature. And, and that's really great it is, again, going back to the production of the group, I think they've been productive within this group just because of the stability of the coaching. He's been there. He's been able to kind of cultivate it through these years. The other thing, guys, that he's done is while he is old school in many of his thought processes and that type of thing, he is a student of the game. You hear him talk about hand placement and leverage and and while those things are old school things, the way they do things now is differently than 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. Uh, so he has not allowed himself to just sit on those laurels and do it the same old way just to be doing it the same old way. I applaud him for that as well. Hey, Bob, about... you, said, you said you didn't want to leave out any names, but that, which is a perfect segue because one name you didn't mention is Corey Simon. And, and Corey is now on the staff at Seminole Boosters in, in a position really to, to cultivate relationships with former players like Keith and many others. And I'm interested in both your thoughts about how that might fit for Corey and Boosters. I, I think this is the players program. And when the players want to speak up and want to be critical or want to praise it, they, they built the program. Um, from a financial standpoint, from a, just a connection to the university, I, 
I honestly felt like, and various players have said this through the years, through at times Jimbo's years and Taggart's years, there wasn't a strong connection back to the program. They didn't feel like they, you know, they were they were welcomed or they were wanted by by certain coaches or maybe certain certain position coaches. A guy like Corey Simon, um, an extension of Odell Hagens, obviously, will help to kind of foster those relationships and and make sure they feel like this program is still theirs. And and yeah, let, let's be honest, part of this is some they they would love some NFL guys to write a check and 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 help out, uh, maybe put a name on this football operations building. Maybe there's a um, a pillar that has a player's name on it. You know, I played here, I practiced. We won games, you know, Tuesday through Thursday on these practice fields. Then we went over to Doak on Saturdays. Um, so I think that connection needs to be returned. And, and Corey's a good guy who's going to help do that. Well, and Tom, you've experienced with him a little bit. Uh, he's very well spoken. He does his homework. Uh, he is very well respected. You know, if he doesn't get that, and I can't even remember what it was, but he literally came down with an off of the chart disease type of thing you know he might have played another five or seven years in the nfl you know he might have been a 12 or 14 year guy um and and it was just unfortunate but i think it's great pick great pick we'll have him on i texted him when i saw the news and i congratulated him and uh, told him we'll have him on in august once camp gets going so we can talk a little bit more about his role there bob we will let uh, you get going i know uh well i'll I'll see. I'm going to head to practice later today. So this week, just so people know, they're practicing in the afternoon. And then after that, they move to the mornings for the rest of the season, I guess. But uh, appreciate what you do uh, at the Osceola, Bob, and always look forward to catching up. Take care. Thanks, guys. All right. Keith and I will be back to wrap up Front Row Knowles right after this. Hey, folks, Austin Hobson with Hobson Chevrolet Buick in Cairo, Georgia. And we're celebrating the 4th of July all month long. So whether it's red, white, or blue, we've got the right one for you. With new vehicles arriving daily, we have a great selection to choose from. Like this 2022 High Country with a 6.2 liter V8, this 2022 Buick Enclave Avenir fully loaded, or the new body style Chevy RST. And the best selection of premium vehicles in North Florida and South Georgia. Buy your new or used vehicle the Hobson way. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Your local independent auto owners agent is the Earl Bacon Agency. Call us at 878-2121 or visit us on the web at earlbacon.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. wrap things up tom and kj back with you keith i know you're uh, excited that you don't have to put on uh well for today it'd be cleats and and shorts and a shirt not pads yet but uh, you're happy to not be out there would you like to share with our listeners your annual uh rite of passage that you made 
back in the day? I, I, I've gotten so old, I've forgotten it. I probably can't even get it right. No, oh, by the way, we would only have the shorts and the uh, helmets for like one day and they get three days. And we had to go in the morning and in the afternoon and it rained every day and we had to walk uphill in the snow and all that, you know, all that stuff. Uh, you know, camp is just different. And by the way, we, we call it different. We called it two-a-days. We were reporting for two-a-days. Now they talk about reporting to fall camp. But I will tell you this, it was a little less of a pace, um, still very intense, but uh, they get done in their two hours what sometimes would take us three, uh, which meant we were only out there getting our tan a little better. If you look at archival photos, it, it appears to be an optical illusion, Keith, but it's actually true that the field was uphill both ways when you would go there. That's correct, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we did have three fields and we called them the upper, the middle, and the lower. Uh, so maybe somewhere in between is the truth. That and the, all the studying we're doing on UFOs right now. <laughs> so going back to our conversation with Bob, it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but I feel like the two big things offensively uh, well, I can round it to more than two. Uh, Travis has got to win. And we talked about this. Travis has got to stay healthy. Receiving core, we want to see some others emerge, even though they've thrown bodies at the issue there. And, and same on the offensive line. And defensively, it seems to be who's going to replace Jermaine Johnson. So outside of those, what other things are you interested in seeing or do you feel need to happen during this fall camp? Well, obviously the focus is on the rest of the wide receiver group, maybe one through whatever, but just catching the ball. I don't think there's a, a worry about route running or um, the speed. You know, that is what it is, and I think it's more than adequate. Uh, they've just got to catch the ball. On the defensive side, what I want to see, and I go back to my comment about schematics, you know, now that you got another set of eyes back there with Randy Shannon, who's got a wealth of experience, Adam now in his third year uh, with, with the same players, you're seeing some kids that maybe were out of position that are back where they need to be. Uh, you've added uh, Bethune and others that give you a little more um, uh, upside. Can they put together schematically 11 kids doing what they want to do, as opposed to just relying on those great individual efforts. So making sure that you spend whatever time and necessary instruction on receivers, you know, you're, you're not a route runner. You're not, your position group is not route running. Your position group is receivers, which means you catch the ball. And on defense, can you schematically create those advantages that every other successful coach talks about that Florida State has been working so hard to try to get back to over the last three years? Of course, I didn't mention one other question that you could throw in there would be special teams, but I have to believe they're going to be better because they weren't very good last year. And also because John Papuchas has been a pretty good special teams coach for a lot of years. And I think, the, I think the punt returners in particular got domed up last year. They were running so many out there. Micah Pittman's going to solve a lot of that, those problems. Punter and kicker are back a year more mature. So and well, the, other I like, part of it, the other part of it is your depth. You know, yeah. ideally, you want to be using second and third teamers on your, on your, on your um, special teams. Now, a lot of coaches don't believe in that anymore. But, I mean, you know, in the big scheme of thing, if you can use second and third teamers, not your frontline players, and still have 
maximum effort and good results on the special teams, that helps everybody because that takes six, eight, ten plays off of a player's body over 12 or 13 games. That adds up. Yeah, and it is a mix uh, ever since rosters got shortened, Keith. Uh, but but you're right about that. Uh, and like guys like McCall and Thomas, the hotshot freshmen, you know, they may see their they may make their greatest impact on special teams before they work into the regular rotation more defensively. Um, but I think they'll be better there too. And I, you know, we can we'll we'll get into more specifics as this moves on. I'm interested to see who emerges as the starting center. Uh, Derek McClendon is full of confidence and ready for a big year too. We didn't really talk about him at the defensive end spot, but he could be a guy that that it is part of the answer to how do you replace Jermaine Johnson. I'm just happy we're actually talking about this instead of which conference is FSU going to be in next Tuesday. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yes. <laughs> All right. We will be back next Wednesday to do this show again. Until then, uh, he's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you next week on Front Row Knowles.